That's the sound of the coffee pouring. Welcome to the Doctor's Brew. I'm your host, Dr. Abdelaziz Khayyab, and having coffee with us today is Dr. Ghanim Al-Hashash. Welcome. Uh, so, just a little introduction into the topic today. The AMA, Mayo Clinic, Stanford University, and the University of Colorado research has found that overall 62.8% of physicians had at least one manifestation of burnout in 2021. That's compared with 382 in 2020. So, burnout is a big issue, and uh, this w- the trend was seen across a lot of different specialties. So, I think that it's very important for us to talk about the subject of wellness. And I don't think that there's anyone more uh, capable of speaking about wellness than Dr. Uh, Ghanima, who I'm just going to refer to Ghanima now because it feels awkward. <laughs> yeah. uh, and uh, just a little uh, shout out Have, uh, our coffee today is from Arabica. Uh, if anyone knows anything about me, I love Arabica coffee. I will go late to work. Actually, I shouldn't say that live. <laughs> uh, but I uh, I love Arabica. And I stop by a lot, if not every day, on the way to work. So uh, I'm going to hand the, the mic over to uh, Ghanima. Tell us, how are you? <laughs> I'm very good. Thank you so much for having me, Aziz. <coughs> so uh, a bit of introduction. Mm-hmm. I am a medical doctor in Emiri. I'm also a Pilates teacher and finally the co-founder of The Experience. Okay, The Experience. Mm-hmm. Very mystical. Mm-hmm. Tell us, what is The Experience? So The Experience is a project for creating events mm-hmm. and immersive retreats mm-hmm. that are basically wellness-based um, and based on mindful movement Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might want to scooch n- uh, the mic a bit closer. A to bit you. closer, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, just a little background on the the <coughs> uh, the experience. So, wait, do you call it experience by G or the experience? The experience by G, but the if experience. we're just simplifying mm. it, it's just the experience. The experience. I uh, I was talking to Ghanima about this. I am very jealous <laughs> that it is only for women because it sounds like such a cool thing. Thank I've you so seen much. photos in the your event in the desert, your event in uh, uh, Dar Sheikha, right? Yes, the gardens, yeah. All the photos look amazing. Uh, thank you so much. I know I'm people who have gone and they loved it. Mm-hmm. So shout out to you, and uh, we're very lucky to have you because thank I think you. you're very unique. In the fact that you're all you have this creative side outside of medicine, and you don't find that often or everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, tell us, what are your what's your job? Because she does not only have one. <laughs> so just like I said, I have my day job first, and then I focus on teaching Pilates mm-hmm. as a part time job. Okay. So after I finish work, I go for my teaching hours, and every now and then we go for an event for the experience. Cool. So we have three things: the experience, Pilates. the teaching, yeah, and the experience. Okay. So how is it? Isn't isn't it a lot? It might be, mm-hmm. but I just I love them all to be honest, mm-hmm. um, and it's working well so far. I mean, there is some kind of balance here and there, so it's doing well. And so, a lot of Pilates is focused on wellness. Is that am I correct to say that? True. Yeah. Okay. So how important is it? For you in, in Pilates, uh, the concepts of kind of wellness and looking after yourself, or is it just, this is exercise, this is like lifting weights for me? To be honest, it started off, like I started my journey in Pilates in about, how many years ago? Um, eight years ago. Okay. And it was solely for the aesthetics okay. and for body image. Okay. That was mainly it at first, but... I think I've committed to Pilates and I think I've been continuing my program, continuing my lifestyle with Pilates, Mm -hmm. not because of that. It went beyond the aesthetics and the body image. It became mindfulness. It became me connecting with myself and being in the moment and working out in a way that was a bit more gentle with how it was before. Now, uh, for me and for the viewers, yeah, listeners, whatever you want to call them, the <laughs> audience, <laughs> uh, what is Pilates? Oh, very. I, I, I've, I've read up, but I want to also be a little bit like surprised. Yeah. Yeah. So very important question because mm-hmm. a lot of people don't know what Pilates is or they would say, is it like yoga? 
Mm-hmm. Let's simplify it. Pilates is basically a mind-body exercise okay. that follows a set of principles like concentration, mm-hmm. control, and breathing. To simplify it even more, mm-hmm. it is an exercise that combines mindfulness and the physical aspect of resistance Okay. at okay. the same time. And is there a reason why you picked Pilates in specific? I know for you it was like it was, it was a yeah. fitness thing, but yeah. why that not? Yeah, I don't know. Weightlifting? Why not running? Oh. Um, I was running before. I used to be. I used to run five k, eight k, three or four times per week. Okay. I used to be interested in kickboxing, weightlifting, every single class on the planet. I've tried it all. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess I was. I do have a stressful lifestyle. I was studying medicine back then. Mm-hmm. It it really takes a toll on you. Okay. And sports for me was an outlet. Okay. It was a way to let it out, mm-hmm. a way to take the stress off. And I think eventually I realized that the high intensity and the the cortisol levels that were completely increasing with weightlifting mm-hmm. was a bit too much for me. That's interesting, actually. Yeah. Because I, I, I know for, a, I like, I, I have a lot of friends even uh, who that's the thing that they're chasing. Do you mean like weightlifting? I mean that, that rush, that uh, yeah. adrenaline, that cortisol, all of that, just that, mm, you know, that pump. I, like, I get how it, how rewarding it feels after mm-hmm. class, but we're at a flight or fight or flight response the yeah. entire time at work. We are hustling. We're working in a chaotic environment sometimes. Mm. I'd like my outlet to be a bit more gentle and okay. a bit more mindful, just to balance it out. Mindful. Uh, yes. Define that for us. Ooh. Mindfulness. Mindfulness, I think, is... It's so connected to being in tune with your inner self mm-hmm. um being conscious okay. it's it's a conscious lifestyle it's it sounds it's it, it sounds intuitive but i know for a fact it's mm-hmm. difficult having mindfulness yeah yeah oh yeah definitely being in the moment it is mm-hmm. because most of the time, we're always not in the moment. Mm. We're either thinking of the past or we're too busy stressing about the future. Mm. So I, I want to talk a little bit about your brand, you know, the experience, all of this, mm-hmm. your kind of outlook bec- before we get into the medical stuff. Yeah. Um, because I think that's a, a really good intro into wellness because you you scream, you know, <laughs> acai berries to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so uh, tell us a little bit about your brand and it kind of, you know, the um, not the Pilates side of it, but the other yeah. parts. So I started by Gigi's basically as an outlet for creativity. Okay. I started it in around 2017, maybe 2016. Okay. I just felt like I had to tap into that side of myself a bit more. And... Obviously, creativity is a bit limited in our profession. Mm. I mean, you can't be too creative when it comes to medicine. So this was my side thing mm-hmm. to really go for an artsy work Okay. to simplify it. It's actually interesting that you say artsy because yeah. uh, I don't know if I mentioned to you, but I did, uh, I've been working on a paper for cost effectiveness of art therapy. Ooh. And one of the things for art therapy that we included was uh, Pilates. Amazing. Uh, so, and we, and between us, the researchers, we were kind of debating, like, do we include Pilates? Do we not include Pilates? Yeah. And I think this reaffirmed we did include it in the end. So it's nice to know that even from a professional Pilates instructor, that this was the right call to make that it is an art form. It is because Pilates does incorporate dance moves in the workout. So in a way, it is. It's the art of movement. Okay. You move in a graceful way. So, but what would differentiate Pilates from like dancing? I mean, dancing is more freestyle, isn't it? Mm. Whereas Pilates, just like I said, is very precise. I wouldn't know because I'm a horrible dancer. Okay, yeah. <laughs> 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 Whereas, I mean, like Pilates is, there are a lot of rules when it comes to Pilates. It's very mm. precise. It's very controlled kind of exercise with 
ways not to do it, ways to do it. So I'd say dancing is a bit more, hmm. a bit more artsy. Okay. And yeah. so Pilates, would you say that Pilates, beyond just as your side hobby, do you think it's essential to you as a person? Oh, yes, definitely. Hmm. Then let's take it a step further. Do you think it's essential to your clinical practice? You are a practicing doctor. Do you mm-hmm. think it's essential to your practice? Um, yes, definitely, because I really have to be sane and calm and collected to be a good doctor. Sane, calm, collected. Is that wellness? It might be. Oh. I mean, <laughs> do you want to define wellness? Wellness is a lot of things. I, I have no authority to talk about wellness. I started a podcast in intern year. Okay. <laughs> Trainee year. Which is good enough. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us, what's wellness? So, I guess to define wellness, you might want to bring the word health into the picture. Okay. So let's bring that in. Health could be, could be many things. It's composed of different components, as in social, spiritual, physical, mental, and emotional. Mm-hmm. Wellness is basically the integration of all of these components together. Okay. And if you want to take it a step further, higher level of wellness is basically the balance of all of these components together. Mm. So this is, for me, Pilates is a part of me going through this process. Okay. The process of wellness. Okay. Yeah. And uh, would you say that... So uh, now would you say it's quite clear that it's an essential part of maintaining your wellness Pilates in clinical practice. Now, one thing I want to hear your perspective on is in Kuwait. Mm -hmm. What has been your experience? What would you say is your experience of maintaining and looking after your your well-being Mm -hmm. in Kuwait? So I've studied abroad. So clearly Mm. when I came back, I had some sort of a lifestyle shock. Okay. Which is quite normal, like everyone would have a sim- Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I did have that shock at first. It was a bit difficult to take care of myself because obviously you're adjusting to a completely different environment. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't mean the previous environment was better or worse. It's just different. Yeah. yeah. So the difference makes it a bit more difficult. Mm-hmm. It took me a while to get comfortable in the area and to basically apply how I lived before in the place that I'm living now. Okay. So what I mean is with time, I basically got used to it and tried to do the same thing. Mm. So if I was active before, because let's say I used to take hikes in Ireland and I can't do that here, I stay active here by taking walks around the block Mm. and that's fine. That is part of wellness as well. Is it has it been more or less or equally difficult to main, look after your well-being here compared to Ireland? I'd say the same because I did have hikes there, but I didn't have my family and my friends. And then in here, you yeah. do have your support group, but you can't go for your hike. You can't get it all. Yeah, that's true. You know, that's true. Um, but it is your responsibility to adjust to where you are and make use out of it like no excuses now you you've worked in Kuwait now and you've uh, i mean medical school isn't work yeah but you're in the hospital you're True. very much a part of the team mm-hmm. so would you say it, what what do you think is a difference in terms of uh kind of demands um barriers to <coughs> wellness here compared to there in terms of the the hospital yeah okay. honestly speaking the hours there are crazy they're insane <laughs> Um, they start at 6, sometimes they finish at 8 p.m., sometimes they finish at 5 p.m. Wait, they start the at 6? Um, for surgical rotations, right. yes. Right, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. So depending on the rotation as well. Mm-hmm. Whereas here, we're so lucky that we finish work mm. much earlier. I mean, we finish at 1 p.m. Yeah. or 1.30. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there are always pros and cons for working in each country. Mm. So for their... Your outlet is that hike, because I was obsessed with hikes. Your outlet is that hike, is that walk in mm. the forest, Yeah. that fresh of air, the oxygen. Mm. And here you can't really have that, but mm. you do have that early leave at work. That's so true. what I'm saying is 
it's not perfect in any single one. I mean, you can find difficulties here, you can find difficulties there. But the question is, how how do you deal with it? And no. Yeah. You know, uh, one one thing I did notice here is there's a stronger sense of community. I'd say in Kuwait, definitely, to yeah, other places. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I'd, I'd say that that's definitely a part of wellness is having that community, having True. those people around you. Oh, definitely, because just like I said, there is that social component. Mm. Um, you can't really achieve wellness if you're locking yourself up, drinking green tea and doing <laughs> Pilates in an empty room. Mm. That's just, that's insane. Yeah. Now, uh, the job itself, though, you know, yeah. uh, we were talking a little bit earlier about burnout in general in the public. That is really yes. prevalent. You were mentioning a statistic, right? Oh, um, you were talking about physicians, right? Yeah, I was physicians. You were yeah. people. So there has been a recent study about the prevalence of burnout in employees. Okay. Now, I'm not sure if that is globally mm-hmm. or if it's just in the States. Okay. But it was about 34.7%, mm. which is more than a quarter of the of the population. Now, let's compare that to medicine. Like I just yeah. said, the, the statistic I was using was two out of three. So medicine itself, I, I would say just from, you know, re- I know the research backs this up. I know mm-hmm. from our experience it backs it up. It is... Uh, it is a field that is prone to burnout. Definitely. It's prone to wearing you down. Yeah. Wh- what do you think specifically are the parts of medicine that are, you know, really take us down? Well, you can say hours. You can mm. say the, I mean, the excessive or let's say the amount of days you have to work because we don't really have that five-day, two-day weekend. Mm -hmm. We have on-calls, we have post-calls as well, we have evening rounds, weekend rounds, which can be a bit too much. Mm -hmm. But if you start thinking about what we do as doctors, we help other people. We are... I'm not, I don't want to say obliged. We're actually privileged Mm -hmm. to support people that are in need Mm -hmm. of support. Mm -hmm. And as much as that feels extremely fulfilling, Mm -hmm. and as much as that is quite rewarding, it does take a toll on your mental health if you're not filling up your cup. And do you think that this is, again, this is uh, inherent to medicine that we can't run away from this? Or is this maybe a Kuwait thing? I wouldn't say it's a Kuwait thing because I'm sure burnout is quite prevalent in every single country of that field. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't say this is inherently in medicine as well because it doesn't have to be that way. That's interesting that you bring that up. Yeah. So you'd say that it's not only in medicine. It doesn't have to be that way. No. You're See, prone this to is exhaustion. Where I, 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 have, I have different thoughts, actually. What do you think? To some extent, I think that it, I feel like it's almost inescapable. The situation is definitely inescapable. Mm. At this point, we have to have weekend rounds. We have mm-hmm. to have on-calls. And we have to keep providing uh, support. And we have to keep helping patients. But the reaction is... It's not inescapable. But okay. So let's, uh, looking at our job in a different angle as well, is what we also deal with. Mm -hmm. We're dealing with death. We're dealing with illness. God knows for me, when I'm with a lot of patients, there's there's a lot of times with patients that I'm just sitting there and I'm I'm just getting triggered in many different ways. You see people, like immediately on the job, you're seeing people die in front of you. Oh, definitely, yeah. You know? So I feel like at some level, the job is going to wear everybody down. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Now, what you mentioned about reactions. Yeah. What I'm wondering is how do you gauge or is everybody capable of having a healthy reaction? Do you know what I mean? I think everyone has the responsibility. Ooh. Of, Ooh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I like everyone that. has the responsibility of taking care of themselves at the same time. You can't pour from an empty cup. Mm. And I don't mean to say this by suggesting you go on a spa day Mm -hmm. or you take a Pilates class. 
it can be part of self-care, but I'm not talking about this. I'm talking about something way bigger. Okay. It is... It is a stressful and chaotic environment sometimes, and it is quite sad that we have to deal with very sick and ill patients. And we are prone to seeing situations where death is involved. Mm -hmm. Now, how can we compartmentalize this in our lives? It is your responsibility to learn or seek help to learn how to compartmentalize this. Okay. And that could be a counselor, that could be self-help books, Mm -hmm. that could be a therapist, a licensed therapist, or even a psychiatrist. Whatever it is, it is a way for you to compartmentalize this and tackle this so it doesn't affect your mental health Mm -hmm. and so it doesn't cause emotional exhaustion. Mm -hmm. Because we do have an emotional reserve and it definitely is quite sad to see the amount of pain that we are we have to see every single day okay but let's take it a step further yeah you said it's our responsibility as physicians yes what responsibility lies on the employer which i guess if you're working the government sector ministry of health but then you know Mm -hmm. how much lies on the system you're working in to maintain the wellness of the people working in it there's always responsibility on the employer as well okay but Regardless of the guidelines, regardless of what the government is doing to take care of the mental health of physicians and doctors, do we have to wait for someone to do the work for us? Can you just Mm -hmm. do it yourself for yourself rather than wait for less working hours Mm -hmm. or wait for... um, provided counselor at work do you think though that there's a limit to how much people can do for their own wellness Mm -hmm. before the system itself needs to change there is definitely a limit okay there has to be a limit but what i'm saying is regardless of limits what can you do Mm. you are able to i mean don't even get that book can you listen to a podcast about how to take care the of doctors yourself? The Doctor's Brew. New episodes weekly. <laughs> I mean, I'm serious. The yeah. amount of podcasts that are free and are available yeah. that talk about mental health in ways of... that They even talk about ways that might, might spark that need yeah. to actually go seek help from a counselor. Mm. So the answers might not be in the podcast. Yeah. You're the urge to seek a therapist might come out from listening to a podcast. Mm. And then we, we'd we have to talk about, let's say, the stigma of mental health in the country or stigma of mental health with regards to the medical field or physicians and doctors, but that's completely no, different but topic. <laughs> but that's what I mean. Yeah. We do have responsibility to to deal with what we're doing because if you choose the job you basically choose the problems that come with it. Yeah, yeah. And how do you deal with the problems? Because they're coming. That's true. Yeah. Do you think, though, that from... You've been... Wor- how many? How long have you been working in Kuwait? As a doctor? As a doctor. Almost a year. Almost Not a year. much, yeah. Do you think we have a culture of wellness right now? That Because, like you said, I love that you're saying that we have a responsibility, not just an option. That's a literal responsibility. Do you think we have that culture, though, in Kuwait, that we accept that this is a responsibility that we need to take on? I mean, I think generally the counter-argument to focusing on wellness in the workplace or anything similar is the glorification or obsession of the hustle culture. Mm. And that's not just in Kuwait, that's almost everywhere. True, true. So, yeah. It, do you think hustle culture is really prevalent in, uh, in Kuwait medical... Like medical field. Oh, yeah. Really? Yes. Uh, and do you think it's hurting people, like physicians? I mean, if you're glorifying hustle culture and you're glorifying stressful environments and working excessive hours, eventually 
in a way, you'd be dismissing your own emotional reserve. Okay. Dismissing your own emotional reserve eventually causes your own burnout. So mm-hmm. in a way, you are hurting yourself. So what would you say, define uh, hustle culture like kind of the toxic side of it in Kuwait? How do you see it in Kuwait? In the medical field? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I see doctors glorifying um, staying over time. Okay. I see doctors, not even doctors, like the examples coming to me are not just doctors, but if we narrow it down to Mm -hmm. physicians or Mm -hmm. healthcare professionals in the hospital, it is the overtime work. It is the glorification of the excessive hours they spend awake working. Uh, yeah, staying yes. up at night. Sleep is a part of wellness. It's exactly. part of health. Exactly. So it is part of it, yeah. I mean, I remember when I first came and, um, you know, I was just getting used to the night shifts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was talking I hate to night shifts. Horrible. I was talking to a friend of mine and he said something that really it really resonated with me. He said, every time I do a night shift, I feel a year of my life being taken. Oh, God. Just because of, like, because, but he, he's not exaggerating, by the way. There's a lot of research to show that sleep deprivation is not bad for your health. It's detrimental to your health, mm-hmm. physical and mental, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so I, I really do hear you on, you know, there needs to be doctors to cover those night shifts. But this is definitely something that uh, affected my wellness. Exactly. Like, I realized that, obviously, there has to be doctors during the night. Yeah, yeah. So, eventually, we do have to have night shifts Mm -hmm. during our Mm on-calls. And a part of wellness, obviously, is not completely avoiding your night shifts. Mm -hmm. It is dealing with the night shift before it comes. Mm -hmm. It is dealing with the night shift after it ends. How Mm -hmm. do you take care of yourself after? Mm -hmm. Are you drinking excessive coffee during the night and then basically exactly <laughs> ruining Raising your my coffee for forever the next day. listening. <laughs> yeah. So it is basically that's what I'm saying. You can't avoid the responsibilities of your job. Mm-hmm. You can't avoid the tasks that come along with the field of medicine. But what you can do is incorporate small ways and activities to deal with this in in a way that doesn't really, that it's not really detrimental to your well-being. So what, what are those, uh, I know I know the big ways that you're maintaining your, your wellness, mm-hmm. Pilates. You, you have a creative outlet. What are the small ways? I'm just going to say something very controversial. All right. If you're tired, take a sick leave. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> if you're tired, take a sick leave and don't even apologize for it. I mean How many sick leaves can we have per year? 15? I'll be honest, I have no idea. I think 15. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes I feel guilty mm. before taking a sick leave. And it almost turns into me asking for one. Mm. But it is my right as a human being to yeah. have a day off. Yeah. So why am I apologizing for it? You know, the word guilt... Yeah, I think that's interesting because I felt that I felt that pressure of like, I cannot go do something Mm because I'm not head, you know, just in case for y'all who don't speak Arabic, I don't I don't want to throw my work on anybody, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, and I do you think that's not healthy, is it to think that way? No, it's not, because Mm -hmm. there has to be. You have to have boundaries at work as well. Mm. And boundaries is a completely different topic, a very long one as well, but it is part of self-care. Let's touch up on it, though. What do you mean boundaries? As an employee, Mm -hmm. I can say I want a day off Mm -hmm. and I am going to get it. Okay. So allowing anyone else... To make you feel guilty for having a day off is probably disruption in your own boundaries, especially your work boundaries. Answering phones during your non-working hours is crossing a boundary. 
True, and that, but let's be honest, that's to an extent what's expected. It might be, but I don't do it. Okay. If I'm not on call, I'm not going to answer the phone. As you should. Exactly. So that's not even, like, if we're talking about patient safety, there always is an on-call team in the hospital. Mm-hmm. If anything happens, there is an on-call team, and that is the point of an on-call team. So why is anyone calling you past working hours not on an on-call day? True. If you don't answer, will someone get hurt? Probably not, because there is an entire team there. Exactly. You're not there, you shouldn't be taking it with you. That's my point. That's Mm. a boundary there. But, you know, to circle, uh, to remind, you know, everyone um, who's listening, especially medical students, we get evaluations. And I know personally... One thing that mm-hmm. you always want to feel like you're doing, you know, we, we get evaluated at the, at the end of a rotation. Yeah. yeah. You feel like, at least my experience, you want to go above and beyond. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Why? Mm-hmm. Just because you want to, you know, get that good evaluation. You want to get those letters of recommendation. You want to push your career forward, right? So do you think that putting boundaries, maintaining your wellness, to an extent, comes at the cost of, furthering your career honestly i don't think it does Mm. so far i haven't received any bad (laughs) and so far i haven't received any bad evaluations but let's see how it goes (laughs) (laughs) i do have one more no but you know that's really that's uh shifting the mic there that's really reassuring though Mm -hmm. because i think at least for me i do get uh concerned sometimes that you know, not going above and beyond in that sense, um, which sometimes comes at the cost of not putting boundaries. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, like comes at the cost of putting boundaries. Yeah, exactly. Would affect my performance. I know that's something I've always been afraid of. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't want I don't want to hurt my career. You don't want to risk it. You, that's that's the word risk it. Sometimes I've wanted to take a sick day, and I just mm-hmm. remembered tiswa ma tiswa, and I'm worried. Mm-hmm. What it, what are they going to think? What are they going to say? Blah, blah, blah. You know? But, okay. So, research shows that patient safety is directly correlated with the emotional reserve and the mental health of their doctor. Really? Yes. So, a burnt That's out... That's really cool, actually. Exactly. Okay. So, a burnt out doctor is mm. actually a dangerous doctor. So let's put it in this way. Which is more important? People pleasing or pleasing your employers Mm. or whoever is above you Mm. or your patient safety? I'd say that's one of the things I love about medicine is that when it comes down to it, Mm -hmm. everything you do, the priority comes to the patient. Exactly. Regardless of what your boss says, whatever, the patient is the most important person in the room. Mm -hmm. So... The hustle culture and you neglecting your own emotional, spiritual, mental, and completely even physical needs because mm-hmm. when you're burnt out, you're physically fatigued. And hungry. Yeah, exactly. But, like That's one thing. Like you, When you're working 24-7, you it's forget awful. to eat, you forget to drink, you forget to do a yeah. lot of things. So when it comes to it, it's... Oh, sorry. I just completely forgot my train of thought. It's okay. It's a podcast. This is the best <laughs> part. This isn't like a yeah. news interview on <laughs> broadcasting on anyway, TV. I'm probably going to remember that later on. But yeah. Um, one thing that I this randomly jumped because we said, you know, food. Mm. Okay. So abrupt jump here. Do you think uh, like good food is, I, I, I'm assuming it's definitely a part of wellness. Yeah. But do you think uh, as doctors generally people eat well? Like the doctors you've seen? Honestly, <laughs> I haven't really. Like, I've seen excessive Red Bull drinking during on calls, which is. There we go. Which is very scary. Mm. Yeah, mm. it's very worrying. So maybe substitute the Red Bull with some green tea? Possibly. Yeah. Green tea. Yeah, yeah. And we're, you're alert both ways. Come on. Mm. 
you're alert from your fight or flight response. There's no need to enhance it 10 times more. I've, you know, whoever is are your patients, they're, they're just so lucky because you're just so calm. Maybe too calm. <laughs> okay, well, that, that does bring up a good point. Do you think that medicine requires a certain level of adrenaline more so than other, you know? It might. I mean, you do have emergencies a lot and you do have to act fast yeah. and be on your feet. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, we're always told not to run during an emergency in the hospital. Mm. You're not going to help them when you're coming in, fast heartbeats, barely breathing. You're breathless. You're not even going to do CPR right. So I'd say stay calm, stay collected, and that's the way to go. I will say one barrier, though, in Amiri. And mm. uh, for ever, anyone who's ever been to the medical units in Amiri, you know how annoying those elevators are. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so. But you can just take the stairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when it's a code and you're taking the stairs and you, you just arrive, I've I've been in that place where I'm running into the code and I'm just panting. I'm like, ah, I'm here. <laughs> I haven't. <laughs> Not yet, thank God. See, this is what I mean. Very, very calm energy. It is. Uh, is this all from Pilates? It might be. Hmm. I'm just going to make an ad for Pilates here. Uh, uh, it might be. Deserved? Yeah. It's the low impact and breathing part of it that really calms you down. Mm. And honestly, this it's we are living in a very stressful age at this moment. That's true. I, I it's not a coincidence that, you know, the new age wellness, you know, the acai berries, the meditation, all that. There's a reason why it's becoming popular. It is and which it like it's a it's a way of us it's way oh, okay it's a way to cope with the increasing anxiety prevalence mm. the increasing chaotic environments that we're put in mm. it is a lot mm. um, which is nice because it's really nice to see that leaning or that approach to wellness now we're leaning towards wellness rather than just sticking it down to health. Mm. And it's a nice thing to see in modern medicine. Do you think it's mixing into modern medicine or do you think it's still being neglected by modern medicine? I think it is being integrated. Mm. Um, So if you talk about medicine in the 50s, that's more than 50 years ago, it was was so different. Mm. And how is it different? Medicine was focused on, let's say, eradicating infectious disease. Mm-hmm. We've successfully eradicated small smallpox. We've successfully managed a lot of infectious diseases. We're we very got over a pandemic just now. Exactly. And we are quite remarkably good at handling pandemics and epidemics at this point mm-hmm. compared to 100 years ago. True. Which sort of creates another problem because then you have an inc- a very different population to deal with. Mm-hmm. The elderly population or the old age group population has been shown to be around four times higher than how it was in the 50s. Mm. And this brings chronic conditions, chronic medical conditions, which also affects modern medicine. Mm. Because then you're dealing with quality of life Mm. rather than just the absence of disease. Right. We're going beyond absence of disease at this point. Okay. So would you say that we're taking more of a holistic approach now? We might be. Mm. How is it in Kuwait, though? What's your take? I think it's slowly leaning towards it. Mm. It has become more widespread um, in the Western world, true, but it is leaning towards it. Well, you know, I I just heard this, apparently. um, It now in, uh, like, clinics, polyclinics, Musasafat, you can uh, get a sick leave for mental health amazing yeah I, I i've not tried this yet but i feel like this is a huge step exactly which is how it should be mm. and i hope that i completely lost my train of thought again anyway it's okay oh Whatever yeah train goes it comes back <laughs> there we see, see it came there it back. <laughs> i hope that eventually it's not just a sick leave for mental health mm. it's a sick leave with a small plan so, yes, do take a day off 
but can you seek help? Yes, we were talking about this because, you know, one thing with burnout, um, I've spoken to a few people about burnout recently, people yeah. who felt burnout, burnt out. And I, 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 was at, I was at kind of a crossroads, like, what am I supposed to advise them? Because I don't exactly want to tell them, hey, you know what you need? Mm-hmm. Book a two-week vacation. That's it. Yeah, it might feel like... A two-week vacation might feel great. Mm-hmm. A day off will definitely feel good. Mm-hmm. But what are you doing to prevent it from happening again? Mm. Or what are you doing to tackle the origins of the problem? Mm. So do take a day off. But there has to be advice to to seek professional help, counselor, a licensed therapist, a psychiatrist, whatever it is, to prevent it from happening again. Here's a question, though. In my opinion, and f- feel free to disagree, I feel like there's a degree of emotional maturity, not maturity, the maturity is the wrong word, Yeah. Uh, emotional intelligence. Um, it, there's a degree of emotional intelligence that is needed to even be a- able to identify the source of you know, the burnout. Because not only, it's not necessarily just the whole job, it's a certain part of the job. There's certain, you know what I'm saying? So do you think that everyone has the capability to be able to independently mm-hmm. identify the source of kind of the issue that brought them to the point of burnout? I think that's a bit difficult mm. because not everyone has insight and mm. not everyone can pinpoint what is going wrong. They can pinpoint what they're feeling, mm. but they can't pinpoint the origin of the feeling. So what do you think is a solution to kind of give people more insight? That's that's what I'm saying. If they can't have or if they don't have insight, it is a therapist's or a counselor's mm-hmm. job to help them and guide them towards it, which is why professional help is a necessity. Mm. It's a necessity at this point. And from your experience, um, of course, the first step to healing a problem so identify that it's there yeah from your experience um what are kind of the little things that you check in with internally to make sure hey i'm doing well and maybe not just internally actually even physically Mm -hmm. maybe you're feeling sluggish whatever what what are the kind of your ding 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 check engine light i need to tap in a little bit from uh, while working on the job do you mean like red flags that i get yeah, like kind of signs for you where it's like, hey, my wellness is not being looked after right now. Okay. I need to check. Yeah. Disrupted sleep. Oh. Mm-hmm. Definitely. That's already happening. Definitely <laughs> disrupted <laughs> sleep. <laughs> just <laughs> yes, but it's it's either excessive sleep. Mm-hmm. I'm not just talking about like insomnia. Oh, that's excessive interesting. Excessive sleep is a mm-hmm. problem. It's for some people, it's a way of escapism. Mm-hmm. So excessive sleep irregular eating or even this sounds crazy but the thoughts in your mind and how you talk to yourself and i don't mean mm-hmm. actually talk to yourself i mean the thoughts hey that man go if you if you want to talk to yourself then you talk t- to yourself that's fine go for, sure. for it <laughs> go for it but how are you speaking to yourself if i find i'm quite self-critical mm. and then i have a disrupted sleep my eating has gone crazy then what's going on what is the problem because the problem is of the sleep Mm. the problem is probably not my food there has to be something that is imbalanced in me right and i need to find out what it is for your sake for me and then for your patient's sake for me eventually for my patients and eventually for every single person that i deal with Mm. because what you deal with inside is reflected in how you deal with others 100 percent hundred percent and i think it's you know i hope more and more people pick up on the fact that they need to check in on themselves especially as doctors it is yeah i think one thing for me that i've heard a lot of people talk about is how um um your their social life Mm -hmm. so one of the indicators for them is like uh they're like you know, I've just realized that it's been a month and I haven't seen a single one of my friends. And that happens That's a lot. That's bad, yeah. Yeah. Um, so there is always like a work-life balance that everybody needs to ma- uh, maintain, which 
I think you touched up on this is also a def- uh, definitely a part of wellness. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, what would you say is your main way to maintain your work-life balance? Time management. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> definitely time management. I mean, I have to schedule everything. This sounds very Monica Geller. But I, have <laughs> I, lo- to oh, I love the reference. I <laughs> love it. I'm here for it. <laughs> I have to schedule every single thing in my Google Calendar. No, I feel it. I, I get um, it. Because, I mean, if you have to, or if you want to balance your work life, you want to balance your social life, family, and friends, mm. and you want to balance some me time in, because I'm not going to socialize one, and yeah. work without me time. Mm then I schedule it in my calendar. So when I look at it, 5 p.m. is me time. I'm not mm. going to put in anything else. Even if it's a doctor, doctor's appointment, that's not going to be there. Well, actually, you're, we've talked about this on the wards before. Mm-hmm. What you're talking about reminds me a little bit about uh, personality types, the MBTI. Oh, yeah. Myers-Briggs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So for anyone who doesn't know about the MBTI, Myers-Briggs personality type indicator, um, it's kind of a personality test to see where they broadly cr- classify different personality combinations. Um, it's not, you know, gold. It's it can be wrong, but it's it's a pretty it's a pretty well tested um, yeah. indicator. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, one thing I wonder is I'm a I'm a planner, you mm-hmm. know, and that I I believe that would fall under J J. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm tr- sorry. I'm trying to remember what's my thing. Yeah, I'm ENTJ. ENTJ. Yeah. So I'm a planner, and that yes. definitely helps me in maintaining my work-life balance. Okay? Mm-hmm. Do you think it's a bit difficult for non-planners to maintain work-life balance? So you don't have to be a planner um, to have time management. You okay. don't have to have a Google Calendar to have time management. That's the way that works for me mm-hmm. because... I have to have everything written down. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I forget because I easily forget. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, no, uh, sorry. I'm laughing at podcast. myself, not you. <laughs> um, but I mean, no, you don't have to have a calendar. But I've seen people with MBTIs of having, let's say, the letter P, mm. which is called the perceiver, mm. and people who are basically the opposite of the planners and the Js. Mm. And... They pretty much have good balance work. Um, their work-life balance is quite really? good. Yeah, Interesting. and they don't need a calendar for it. Question: Do you think the awareness mm-hmm. of your personality type gives uh, allows you to be better to to achieve, let's say, wor- the things you want to achieve, like work-life balance, for example, wellness? Do you think the awareness of your own personality type mm-hmm. helps you, you know, I uh, maximize? I guess yeah. what's the word? You know, you can enhance. <laughs> enhance. Okay. Yes. So. It's it's not awareness of your personality type. Mm-hmm. I think it's definitely self-awareness generally. Mm. The more you learn about your own strengths, the more you learn about your own weaknesses, even triggers, because mm. we all have triggers here. We do, we do. So delving deep into who you are deep inside, knowing where you could do better, mm. knowing where your strengths are, mm that has great effect in how you perform eventually. And what helped you to reach uh, levels of self-awareness? I began journaling. Journaling? Yes. But I began journaling with guidance. There was a book a few years ago. um, So there was this book. um, I I can't seem to remember the name of the book. Really good book. A really good book. Um, it was basically an empty journal, but with um, entries and questions on each page. Okay. And compartmentalized into different aspects of life. So, like, there was a chapter called social, a chapter called career, and every single page had a question. Some of them were quite triggering as well. Mm. And every single day, I'd wake up and I'd answer one question. Okay. That's and really cool. Yeah, I found out things about myself that I've never, ever found before. That's really cool. I think I I did this around 2018, mm-hmm. which was I was pretty free that time. I had a gap year in, um, in between my medical student years. And I used that gap year basically for self-awareness. 
Um, and my friend gave me that gift. She gave me the book as a gift, and it was the best thing ever, to be honest. So we have journaling, and we have a gap year. That's very interesting. The gap year is it's really interesting. Yeah, it's not compulsory for self-awareness, but <laughs> it's a good is idea. It, is it not, though? It might be. <laughs> it might be, yeah. Um, so just before, I really want to ask you about this gap year. Yeah. Uh, before getting deep into it, mm-hmm. um, what are uh, rules and regulation-wise for the betha, which is the scholarship, mm. are we allowed to take gap years? Because I had no idea that was even a thing. <laughs> we are, yes. So I was on okay. a scholarship. Okay. We are allowed one year off, mm. um, and you have to get back afterwards. Okay. For the gap year. Um, and in the college that I was in, I could have two years. So basically, mm. I had that one year opportunity. And was it difficult to get the approval from Ministry of Higher Education or not really? Um, I remember it was a bit complicated, but it was doable. Okay. Yeah. And okay. So, and then the university, how was that? It was doable as well. I don't think I had m- many problems with the university. It was fine. And uh, let me just, uh, like, Honestly, do you have to give some sort of grand reason as to why you need a gap year? I don't remember I did, to be honest. They, the university itself is quite familiar and quite used to students taking years off, mm-hmm. apparently. Okay. And however, the, the Kuwait cultural office wasn't. So I think I had maybe a, it was a bit rough okay. getting the gap year from them, but it was doable. And um, what did you spend? What did you do uh, in the gap year? So I really wanted that gap year for self-awareness. Okay. Um, So did you hitchhike the world? This sounds like a hippie story. I'm just saying. (laughs) Yeah, it does. But it actually isn't because I stayed in Kuwait. (laughs) Right. Okay. (laughs) I stayed in Kuwait. Less hippie-ish. Less hippie-ish. I focused on my Pilates career. Okay. I began teaching in Kuwait. Very cool. I was studying to finish my Pilates hours. I was... Wait, studying. So we do have a course. We do have a few books for Pilates Ah. research. Yeah, yeah. So it's not just... I can't just go and be like, I'm going to teach some Pilates. Oh, no. Oh, no. It took me more than two years. Really? Yeah. That's a whole other career. Yeah. Oh, okay. But it's rewarding. Appreciate your Pilates teachers, guys. (laughs) They have... (laughs) That's a whole other study. It's not easy, no. No. So going back to the gap year, mm-hmm. you use it for self-awareness. Yeah. Um, I basically took some time off from medicine mm. and I focused on my Pilates work. And then I was, again, tapping into that creative side that I liked um, by focusing on my platform on Instagram, which mm-hmm. is the ByGigi's account. Right. So it was mainly this, to be honest. And, you know, a lot of the stories I've personally heard with gap years, they're usually associated with some big personal emergency you know like uh, family problems illness etc 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 yeah um does it necessarily need to be associated not really. with that? okay not really like do we have to have an emergency to have time off true that seems quite sad to be honest true true and uh, so in in this gap year that you focus on uh, self-awareness mm-hmm. focus on reflecting on uh, yeah. yourself um how did you do it mindfully? Because I feel like maybe even I, I would fall for the trap of, all right, I'm going to take my gap year, just watch TV, do nothing. Mm-hmm. How do you do it mindfully? I struggled at first because, really? yes, definitely. Okay. okay. Um, not because of what to do. I just really felt guilty. Huh. Really? Yes. It, I felt so much guilt for having time off. Mm. Um. Until I eventually realize that I'm just wasting so much time by basically hating myself for having a break. Right, right. And every single person deserves time off or a break or any form of self-care. And for me that time in 2018... Mm -hmm. My form of self-care was basically gap year, and I was going to take it. And you said that this was the best thing you ever did. Best decision I've ever made, to be honest, because I came out feeling energized. I came out so excited to come back and finish my medical program. Mm-hmm. 
Well, you know, one thing, I I knew people who took gap years. Yeah. Some came back energized. Some didn't want to come back. But they told me that the fact that they didn't want to come back was actually something that saved them. Yeah. Because they didn't want to go. They realized, I don't want medicine. Exactly. And that's not a wrong thing. Mm -hmm. So I took a gap year and I came out wanting to come back. Mm -hmm. If you do take a gap year and you realize that your heart lies somewhere else, good for you. Yeah. Yeah. It is brave to admit what you want. Mm -hmm. And it is very brave to go after what you really want to do. Mm. Now... For people listening, especially medical students who are thinking, right, maybe I should take a gap year. <laughs> um, how was the transition back in? Honestly, I tried to ease the transition back by studying and reading medical books a few okay. months before starting back. Okay. So it was not an abrupt, like, jump back in. Exactly. I didn't want to shock myself too much. Okay. But I remember feeling quite energized coming back. So it, was, it wasn't a problem? Not really. And do you think that there's an opportune time to take a gap year? I wouldn't say because I wasn't planning mm. on getting a gap year. Mm. I just felt like it was that aha moment. So it wasn't necessarily like it needs to be between clinical and preclinical and clinical years or in the middle of clinical years, blah, blah, blah. I had mine after the preclinical. But that was just coincidence, to be honest. Do you think it was a good coincidence? Like, that was even better or not necessarily? Not necessarily. Okay. I, I'd say this is basically, it's subjective. Mm. You and your own way, you and your own experience, because we all have different experiences. Mm -hmm. And just because I got a gap year doesn't mean I have self-explored more than the person who hasn't done a gap year. Okay. It just means that for me, that was the way for me. And just for me to clarify, this gap year was when you got into Pilates? It was not, you, like, before you didn't... Oh, I was into Pilates before. I was actually into Pilates three years before that gap year. Oh, okay, okay, okay. But I focused a lot on spending my time studying and finishing up for my Pilates exams during that gap year. Okay, so that's when you were able to really give time to that... Exactly. Okay. Now, one thing I did want to talk to you about, and this is a very nice transition there, mm -hmm. is uh, kind of outside pursuits. Yeah. So for you, your outside pursuits um, are Pilates-focused outside of medicine, right? Yes. Now, uh -oh. <laughs> I hate when I hit the mic accidentally <laughs> I, because I just feel bad for anyone listening because suddenly yeah. I just hear, boop. <laughs> so apologies. <laughs> oh, I hit the mic again. Okay. You know what, guys? You just got to get used to some mic hitting on this podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, so wellness, outside pursuits. Mm -hmm. um, so for for me, mm -hmm. having pursuits outside of medicine, even if they're medically related, case in point, yeah. uh, helps me, and that's just me, maximize what I'm doing. I feel the, the energy I get from, for example, this podcast has really helped me enjoy work it's helped it's helped motivate me for studying for my exams yeah you know but what i'm wondering is do you think this is uh so having something outside of your nine to five job do you think that's an absolute necessity for um, maintaining your wellness and kind of looking after yourself because for me it is but i don't know for people for both of us at this point it is sort of a type of work right yeah, definitely but it doesn't have to be. Okay. It can be a hobby. It can be something you like to do during your time away from work. Okay. But I definitely think it is important. It is crucial, in fact, to have anything you love doing outside your job. Okay. But it doesn't necessarily need to be another job. No, it doesn't necessarily have to be a side job. It doesn't mm -hmm. have to have to be a business on the side or an investment. It could simply be knitting during your time off. Mm. If that makes you happy, then good for you. So as long as it's just something. Yeah, exactly. But who do you? Who would you say? Like I, I always bring up this question a lot on this podcast. Yeah. Um, is imagine you're talking to a younger family member who's yeah. coming out of medicine or going into med school, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, sometimes, like, for example, I know 
when I wanted to do a, a few things outside of medicine, instantly yeah. they're like, no, you have no time. You're a medical student. You need to focus, blah, 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 mm-hmm. you know? What would be your advice to a younger family member who wants to take on a big project or something outside of medicine mm-hmm. and they have their exams, they have boards, they have ex- blah, 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 whatever it is, you know? Mm-hmm. What would be your advice? First question is, why do you want to do it? If they're going to say, because everyone else is doing it, mm. or if they're <laughs> going to say, I want to be rich, that's not good of an answer. <laughs> okay. If they love doing it, then I will definitely support them because you will find a way if you have passion for the job that you're going for mm. or the work that you want to create or the project that you want to do. Mm. Second thing, if they're passionate about it, time management again. Time management. If you love the thing that you want to go for, you have to be willing to make time for it. Mm-hmm. And the only way that you can make time for it for another job mm-hmm is to manage your time now. This is very difficult for me at this point as well Mm -hmm. because I'm still struggling with time management, Mm -hmm. but it is the thing that keeps me going. Mm. Now, here's another question. Mm -hmm. Outside pursuits, for when you're applying to anything, they love it. I mean, you know, it's it's so ironic how in the hospital, working overtime and dedicating your full life to being there is... A sign of excellence mm-hmm. but when you're applying for residency for example like i know if you're applying to canada the u.s they love to see that there's something you're doing outside especially if it's medical re- related but even then even if yeah. it's just i play on a basketball team mm-hmm. you know what i mean do you think that to some extent that that kind of demand from you know in medicine is kind of a, 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 it's a bit unhealthy i actually just found out that if you're applying for board abroad, mm-hmm. they do care about your extracurricular activities. Really? Yeah, I didn't know about that. But, hmm, because they do demand that you're doing anything outside of work, where whereas a lot of the demands here are you working overtime. So it is a bit, there's always a toxic environment mm-hmm. of you having to to go and juggle that's the word juggle really because you're 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 between two different places that are asking for opposite things exactly but then again the places here that are asking for extra time Mm. are you really obliged to go for extra time that's where we come back to the same concept of boundaries Mm. you put a boundary you do your work nothing less than your work of course yeah and you work for your other pursuits Mm -hmm. and if you're trying to apply for a board then you work for that as well Mm -hmm. and do you ever feel like when do you think is a moment that you need to reflect hey this thing outside of my job is being too much again if you do find yourself showing any signs of that emotional exhaustion Mm -hmm. that burnout um, it could be it could be very, very, it could be simple. I mean, I've had this recently. I got a bit frustrated with the nursing staff mm-hmm. in one of the words during Some an on-call. Story time. I'm here for <laughs> it. <laughs> I was so frustrated um, and I was angry the entire day because I was really kind of holding on to that anger mm. until I realized that I wasn't really angry at them. I was just angry at the entire situation because I was really stressed. Right. I was taking a lot of clients during my uh, p- during my Pilates hours, mm. and the on calls during that week were a very there were intense on calls, mm-hmm. and this was me reacting. This was me bre- being emotionally exhausted and turning that exhaustion into anger right. and rage. So always checking in to see yeah. how are you doing. What are the emotions that are popping up? Mm. Okay. I mean, you know, I feel like I'm always trying to check in with myself. Mm-hmm. Always trying to see, okay, how's Aziz doing today, menti- mentally, physically, whatever. But I also do fall for that. For periods of time, I'll completely, like, realize, oh, my God, I haven't checked in in a while. Yeah. You know? You go on automatic for quite some time. That autopilot behavior is quite common. Mm. But then you always have that 
reminder, mm. that teeny tiny burst of rage <laughs> that is not you and not your character. Yeah. And then you have to check in and think, okay, what is going on here? Mm-hmm. Because it's definitely not the nurse. Mm-hmm. It's me. Now, uh, I know we're nearing the end of our time here. So I just want to ask, uh, what are the take-home messages that you would love for people to take from this? Very, very simply, mm. take care of yourself first. Through Pilates experience by G. <laughs> <laughs> Through anything, mm. just take care of yourself first. I I like that. I think everybody should be taking care of themselves. Mm -hmm. I think patients are going to be happier. They're going to be happier. Everyone's just going to be so much better. Everyone's just going to be happy. And uh, also, um, nearing the end, I always like to open the the space for uh, our guests to promote anything that they'd like to promote. So if you want to talk a little bit about, uh, you know, uh, your the projects, your yeah. projects, your platforms, everything, uh, everything that you have going on. Yeah. So the platform is by Gigi's, mm-hmm. and it is me basically posting content of conscious lifestyle, whereas um, whether sorry, it's food related, sports and mindful movement that involves Pilates, mm-hmm. and then the other platform is the experience, mm-hmm. and the experience is basically retreats and events that are mindfully based mm. and based on movements and at, the, at this point it's mainly Pilates as well. We basically create events almost every few months. Mm-hmm. We created one around um, in December that only was for called... Only for women. Sorry? Only for women. Only for women at this point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sorry, Aziz. Cheers. It was, um, it was called In the Desert. Mm-hmm. It was a Pilates event in Sabia. The next event was in the gardens in a greenhouse in Dar Sheikha. And inshallah, we're going to have a few more events coming up. So stay tuned. Everybody, please go and follow (laughs) her pages and go to the events. I'm jealous because (laughs) that is is just so cool. And I love that you're bringing in wellness to the wider public. Thank you so much. It's really cool what you're doing. Um, Well, that's the last sip of coffee for the day, everyone. A final, very special thank you to you. Um, thank you for having me. I loved being here. It's 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 been a pleasure. It's so much fun. Um, yeah. So uh, remember, guys, to like, comment, subscribe, all the things that YouTubers say at the end of their videos. <laughs> I don't rem- <laughs> I don't memorize that little that little uh, monologue there. Um, and uh, thank you for listening slash uh, watching. That's a wrap. Hope you all enjoyed this episode of the Doctor's Brew. New episodes to listen to with a cup of coffee coming your way every Sunday on YouTube and Spotify. And be sure to follow us on Instagram for all the latest updates. See you next time.